What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 251 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Deitch. Matt, what is going on? Oh, nothing. Just working on my tan today. <laughs> you better believe it. I think <laughs> you wore shorts to school today, didn't you? I had a basketball game, so I actually had to dress up a little okay. bit. Tomorrow's so. shorts? It's, oh, yeah. It's shorts tomorrow. I like the whole day. I'm sitting there going, man, I wish I would have had shorts on today so isn't that crazy like i mean it the, even this morning I, I let my dog out and it's like 21 degrees did you and, do what uh, i did too like you like open up the door waiting for like that this like that the kick in the nuts yeah the, <laughs> the kick in the nuts like it's going to be so cold and also you open up and you're like oh wow. it's not too yeah, bad this is this is nice this is like whoa all right yeah I guess. wake up in arizona or what here so yep now that's uh I, I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. Um, obviously, uh, over this week here in Northwest Iowa, um, we've got uh, you know about 30, 32 degrees, maybe a little bit higher. A couple of the days, uh, that sun has got some power. It feels good out there. Um, be a good week for hole hopping. Yep. You know, I, I've I've seen some people online already post. You know, hey, it's going to be 36. Uh, how's that going to do for the ice? Uh, I, I get it. There's there's new people to ice fishing. Whatever, we're gonna be fine. Yep, we're gonna be fine. We could do it's 50, not gonna we be could all do, done, gone by the end yep, of the week. We could do fifty degrees every single day this week. And guess what? As long as there's not any rain or any crazy wind and whatnot, we're gonna be fine. Yep. No problem. Uh, you know, even at 32, 33, 34, 37 degrees, uh, uh, it only gets that uh, it only gets that warm for you know an hour, two, three, four through the middle of the day. Um, we're, we're still building ice at this point. So, uh, um, whatever, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this weather. I needed it mentally. I'm pretty sure. And, <laughs> I'm, st- uh, I'm still torn about what I need to do. Like this weekend, I, I really believe that I am going to buy a South Dakota pheasant hunt. You should and go over there and you absolutely should try to get one bird to finish out, get to 50. So yeah, you absolutely should. That would be way cool. Um, Hey, <laughs> You can go do that on uh, on Saturday. Go fishing on Sunday. Well, if I go on Saturday, I'll probably do it on Sunday too, just to just to do make it, it worth it. Yeah, <laughs> make it worth it. But then you'll get to like fifty three, and then you'll I'm be fine like, with that. Oh, dang it, I got to get to fifty five now. But uh, oh, episode two fifty one is brought to you by Dakota Angler in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Go up there on the north side of Sioux Falls, talk to Todd, talk to Josh, talk to all the people on their friendly staff, and uh, they will let you know uh, what the hot lakes are, what the fish are biting on. Uh, Very, very knowledgeable staff. Um, Also, I want to give a shout out uh, to Todd. Uh, We mentioned here a couple weeks ago that uh, Todd um, uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, he had surgery this last week. The surgery was successful. Uh, they were able to remove all the cancer. And uh, I saw that he posted a, uh, a post today. Um, I, th- I think that they're really thinking it, it went as good as possible. Yep, it so, like uh, that. so that was that, great news to hear. Absolutely. Um, they're also going to be coming out with uh, some new outdoor boxes, uh, similar to those Sodak uh, walleye and uh, panfish boxes that we were talking about. Uh, they're going to be coming out with some new uh, um, outdoor boxes, going to have reels in them, other outdoor gear. Um, so that'll, that'll really be pretty cool. I think, uh, I think these walleye and panfish boxes have been a, a great hit. And, uh, I think that, um, 
they're just looking to kind of expand on that. And, uh, and Josh, uh, Josh kind of gave us a little sneak peek into the walleye boxes know what's and coming the down the pipe. boxes. And, and they don't suck. And I'm going to tell you right now, guys, uh, you might want to be ordering yourself up a few of them. And that's so. exactly right. Uh, also, Markham MX-7 uh, with the shuttles, uh, $450 off. Uh, holy moly, wow. that's that's crazy savings. Yeah. Um, so, and and there's plenty of other sales going on. Uh, if you truly want to know, swing in there to Dakota Angler. Uh, we got a listener, Clayton Vandekeef, uh, from down in Southern Iowa. He swung through Dakota Angler. Uh, heard us talking about it on the show. Wanted to go see for himself, and he messaged me, and he's like, "Hey, dude, this place is impressive." And I'm yeah. like, "Hey, you think we get on every week telling lies? No, we haven't told one lie on this show. Exactly not one. right." Not one. Um, also, I want to uh, quick uh, give an update. Um, I know that we had uh, put on that Facebook post that we were going to draw this week for those boxes. Uh, I think it took off more than what we thought it was going to take it off. It did. It did. Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of people commented. And uh, um, it's been a lot of fun to watch. There's still people commenting right now. But uh, uh, the problem with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds is uh, I can't just throw all those in a random name generator uh, uh, real fast. And I kind of dropped the ball and forgot until about four minutes before Matt came over to record tonight. I came walking downstairs, flipped on the computer, uh, put my glass of water down here at the end of the podcast desk, looked over at, the, uh, at those Sodak boxes and thought, Oh yeah, that's right. Oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so I said to Matt, uh, "That's that's uh, I, I'm I'll, I will try. Uh, I know tomorrow night uh, my stepdaughter has uh, a wrestling meet that I'm planning on going and attending. But uh, Wednesday night, I think I've got uh, wide open. I will come down here. Um, I will come down here to uh, the computer and I will get all those names punched in. Uh, look for that uh, hopefully Wednesday, um, but." Uh, with within the week we'll have it done i promise you that uh my my apologies uh, that i kind of dropped the ball there but uh we will get those uh we'll get we'll get the winners figured out and we'll get those sent out um but uh uh it's not too late to go and and, and get one of those boxes for yourself you won't be disappointed that's right um and and if you can't, can't get in there right jump on www.dakotaangler.com uh, use code DIRTBAG at checkout. How'd you know all that? You know. Did you talk to I a think guy? I have heard it before. You have. Yeah. Okay. Save you, yourself 10%. Really? You? What kind of podcasts do you listen to? Me? Yeah. Fishing podcast. You do? I don't listen to any. I, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't even. Full disclosure, I don't even listen to ours. There, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> No, I, if I did, we'd be done making podcasts like this. This stinks. Yep. But so. um, I've got one other thing that I want to bring up uh, in the housekeeping items. Uh, we got a text message the other day from Mike Deitch. Uh, Heard of him he's, before. He's one of the Deitches that I don't personally really like. Um, he... I, I kind point, of forgot. At one point in my life, I was this, I felt the same way. <laughs> a lot of times, I forget he's even a member of that family. Um, you know, I just you big league him. Yeah, I do. I like right. to big league him, but uh, he's he pulled the ultimate big league on us. Uh, he he sent over a text message and he said he was pulling the big brother card and uh, challenging Matt and I uh, 
we can put this in parentheses, uh, basically just challenging me um, for a uh, for for either a swear jar or um, he will put ten dollars uh, per episode that uh, that we don't swear uh, up to ten episodes, so a hundred dollars, and then he will donate that money uh, to to a charity or something. Obviously, we're picking hooked on hard water. Uh, it's going to be like taking candy from a baby. But uh, we I don't know. There's been a few times already on on this opening in the last eight minutes where I think you've had to kind of like, I look over there and you're about ready to, and it's just like, I'm sitting here going, oh God, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. It's like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope. Yeah. All right. He he held it in. Good. So I would like to, you know, obviously all the regular swear words. So, so. All the fun ones we can't say. Yeah. So I'm I'm just going to come right out and say this. When Matt and I started this show, uh, uh, we, we had talked about it, you know, that, that, you know, I, obviously anyone who knows me knows that I can get a little animated from time to time. Uh, you know, my blood pressure gets going and, and all of a sudden it's just diarrhea of the mouth and, uh, th- that happens. It happens. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that it's not going to happen again. It pro- <laughs> I don't know if I've got another I, I don't know if I can do this for another 45 minutes, let's be honest. But uh, um, whatever, I we, we, we really did good for like the first 200 episodes. Right. And then when that guy, guy or lady, whoever it was, when, when my tackle got stolen out of my boat, I think that episode... Was kind of the tipping point. Yeah, I I think I threw the gate open and I forgot to close it yep. because it has just been wild ever since. And uh, that's not uh, that that's not what Matt and I set out to ever do. That's not how we that's not how we grew this audience of people. Um, you know, we like I said, is it going to happen? You better believe it. I'm not going to edit it out. Uh, what you see is what you get with us. You know, no no frills, whatever. But uh, um, you know, I, I want a person, I want your brothers to be able to be driving down the road and listen to this with their kids in their car. And, and, exactly. uh, um, you know, Scott Sturman has kind of made that to where you probably couldn't do that here on the last 15, 20 episodes. <laughs> and, and so for that, I apologize to you guys. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. If somebody steals my tackle in the next couple episodes or somebody I, makes a, you know, a bonehead remark on social media or anything like that. It, yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably, if somebody steals my tackle again, I'm probably just texting Mike and say, keep your hundred bucks. <laughs> I'm going to throw a couple hundred dollars in the swear jar, rip the bandaid off and let let's, them have it. But, let's uh, go. Yep. But, uh, um, you know, no, the, good, the, the, the thought challenge. of, the thought of taking some of Mike's moldy money that, uh, oh, yeah, he needs to spend some of it. So, yep. so, um, we can pry it through, pry it out of his wallet. We'll take it. Yeah. I, I think you've only ever said one swear word on this show the whole entire time we've ever had this show. Uh, yeah, I might've a few times, but you know, <laughs> not as many, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not as, as not, many as me, not as many as you, I suppose, yeah. but it is what it is. I yeah. Mean, I know how to, being a teacher, you know how to turn it on and turn it off. And believe me, when, when the mic isn't rolling, it, it's a different story. But You're not, a, you're not too bad. But, you know, bad. I, but yeah, like you said, you know, this is a challenge. Anybody else want to get on, on this? I mean, we'll take anybody, if anybody else wants to yeah, throw we'll in $10, $10 an episode to donate it towards a charity, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Uh, yep. 
send it our way. Yep. But uh, either way, that's uh, that's going to be the goal, not just for this next 10 episodes, but, uh, you know, going forward. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not stupid enough to think that this isn't going to happen. Uh, it, it, it's going to whatever, but uh, um, either way, uh, well, I'll, I'll come right out right now and say if, if whatever money we pull off Mike, that'll get donated to Hooked on Hardwater. Whatever money gets thrown in the swear jar, $5 a swear word. And, and one of the words I think is absolutely ridiculous that he won't <laughs> let me say. But uh, whatever. It's Mike's game, Mike's rules. Um, but it's still our part, podcast, Mike. Don't forget it. That's um, right. But whatever the case, uh, we'll donate that money to Hooked on Hard Water, too. I think I might get one of those new coffee mugs that, uh, that uh, we got sent to us by Jason. Yeah. Uh, that might be the swear jar. Uh, we'll set That's it right up call. here by the mixer. But uh, five dollars a swear word. So if I say two two swear words, uh, then then uh, we, we've beat Mike's money out, and from there it's just all downhill. But um, whatever. That's uh, that's what's going on with the show right now. Um, we've got a very very cool episode uh, coming at you today. Um, we've talked about it the last few weeks. Um, I tried really hard to get this guy on. Um, I, I thought for sure one of the days he was just going to text me and say, dude, lay off. But he never <laughs> did. But he never did. You're persistent. Well, I mean. I, and charming I, I just at, Yeah, exactly. Mostly charming. Mostly charming. Yeah. But uh, every, every single week I would text we him still, and say, hey. We still have not had a guest get a restraining order on us yet. So we're still winning on that. Point. Right, right. So. Yeah, that, that one was in international waters, so they couldn't come <laughs> after me. Uh, no, I, I uh, every week I just messaged James and I said, hey, we're recording tonight. Or, hey, we're recording tomorrow night. Uh, any any openings? And he's a busy man, real busy man. Uh, I think he serves on his church's consistory. Um, I think, I don't know, he he's, he's involved with a lot of stuff. But uh, we finally got him. And uh, I'm I'm really pumped up uh, to to hear this story. Um, he he fell through the ice up on Triboji on Okaboji, uh, was in there for for over five minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, we're gonna cut over to him. And we're here today with James Van Veltis. And James, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. You bet. Um, uh- J- James, we always like to get our episodes uh, started off with some random non-fishing related questions. So I want to know if you uh, if you were at a build a burger uh, burger bar, uh, what what are you going to throw on your burger? Everything. Everything. Everything goes on it. Everything. Deluxe onions, all that stuff, lettuce, everything, pickles. You you <laughs> jalapenos guy. Oh no! I better not go there yet. All right, you're you're still good in my book. <laughs> <laughs> the catch the ketchup might be too spicy for Scott. So. Yeah, yeah, that could cross the line. Yeah, you got to be careful with that all the time. Right. All right. I guess mine would be uh, favorite movie. Whoo! Um, favorite movie. I guess I'm going to go to Remember the Titans. Yeah, nice, that's a good nice. classic one. You just Very can't good. go wrong with that one. Yep. Yes, sir. All around it, I mean, it's it's a football movie, but it's really about life in general, and it's a yep. good, it's just a great movie. You bet. Yep, yep. I just like it because of all the, uh, you know, the race talk today. It's like, man, everybody should watch that movie. That's how two communities come together. Yep, yep. that's yep. for sure. Yeah. 
Now, James, uh, obviously, uh, if anyone's clicking on this episode, uh, they've probably seen uh, the uh, uh, the description, uh, and, and maybe a Facebook post about the episode and, and they know what we're going to talk about. But, uh, uh, long before that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? Okay. Um, I, uh, grew up north of Dune. Um, believe it or not, I went to Central Lion as a kid. Really? Um, yep. Yep. I, uh, left Central Lion headed or Dune and headed to Rock Valley when I was, uh, in fifth grade. Um, but at Dune, there is where my main childhood memories are. Um, I, uh, I come from a family of 12. Um, lost my mother when I was very young, and then my father got remarried and had two more kids, so he fathered 12. Um, grew up north of Dune there, uh, uh, right by the Rock River, Big Rock River. We were right on it, part of our river pasture there. And, and uh, yeah, I, I guess um, I had nine... You know, out of the 12, I had nine sisters and two brothers. Um, one brother is deceased and one sister is deceased now. So, uh, but me and my uh, brother Joel, who got killed in a car accident, we um, we lived uh, we lived to go to the Big Rock River fishing. Um, Dad would have, we were we were a busy family, hardworking. Dad was hardworking. He had a lot of livestock and different things, so he didn't have much time to play around with us but when he went out to fix river fence and me and joel got to go catfishing um, nice that that's where that's kind of where my my cat my fishing life began um i had a couple brother-in-laws that took us down there and got us into the big chub put the big chubs on and catch these big catfish you know and boy that was that was uh that was the life but um moved to rock valley when i was 14 um, completely moved here. I mean, I we had both farms for a little while until my dad lost the farm by doing so. That's why we actually moved to Rock Valley when I was 14. Um, went to the Netherlands Reformed Christian School there, and and uh, uh, yeah, um, I wasn't a role model person, <laughs> you could say. I was, I was pretty wild, a uh, pretty wild individual. Um, but over over time. Uh, got uh, there put a lot of different trials and stuff in my life that i uh i thought it was time to get straightened out so i i um found a wonderful woman my wife sherry uh she actually i met her the same year my brother got killed so it was a that was a definitely a god send um got married uh had two little girls um and over over time, they both found two wonderful young men that uh, Ethan and Brandon are both. My daughter's names are Brittany and Lexi, um, but Ethan and Brandon are are their husbands, and and uh, could not ask for anything better than that. Um, these guys, uh, believe it or not, love fishing and hunting too. So um, we've been ice fishing a lot together. We go boat fishing every year, um, often. Uh, but I guess, um, you know, when I really got into ice fishing, it's kind of interesting because through my wife, my wife, Sherry, her uncle, Bernie Rhodes, um, got introduced to her, of course, when we started, when we were dating and stuff or introduced to him, excuse me. Uh, and, uh, he's the one that got me started ice fishing. Um, so, so yeah, me and uncle Bernie spent 
countless hours on uh, on the ice or in a boat fishing. Now he together, lived so. he lived uh, south side of Highway 18 up the hill, right? Say that again. Did he live on the south side of Highway 18 up the hill? No, no. Bernie Bernie Rhodes lives right in uh, right in town here. Yeah, but but uh, when you're coming in on the south side up that hill, I, that's where he lived, right? That's where that's where I live. Okay, golly, I'm thinking I might have delivered to Bernie Rhodes back when I was a Culligan man. Oh, <laughs> well, you probably did. Yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah, you probably did. Yeah, but he's a special guy in my life too, you know. And, yep. and uh, you know, but both of my girls have been blessed with, uh, or I have been blessed, I guess you could say too. Um, my oldest daughter Brittany and Ethan had uh, a little girl and a little boy, um, and now. Uh, Brandon and Lexi have had two little girls, so um, two of the two of the uh, grandbabies. I'm super grateful that I got to see after the whole deal. You might say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, very involved in the community. I, I um, you know, uh, been on boards. I've been on councils. You know, city or not city council, but church council and stuff. And and. Uh, yeah, just been very involved. I work out at Town and Country Implement um, for 33 years. I've been there, so um, a lot of there's uh, my boss there, Ivan Dorhout, is somebody that I'm incredibly grateful for too through the through the whole process of my life. So yeah, I, I know I know you're a super busy guy. I've been trying to get you on for about four or five <laughs> weeks, and man, I thought I thought uh, this last time I actually said to Matt, I'm like, I'm gonna try for him one more time, and if, if he if he shoots us down, I'm just I'm just gonna leave it because I thought, yeah. man, this dude's about to block my phone number. <laughs> like, no, 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 not at all. I uh, look at this kind of stuff as opportunities. You know, like I text you today. You know, uh, uh, my you know my counselor taught me through the whole thing that you know these are opportunities and the lord has answered my prayers and uh told me that you know i feel honestly feel like i uh you know don't open doors by yourself then god will open them for you and i think this is one of them so i uh i don't say no very quick anymore so i'm yeah. glad you kept calling <laughs> <laughs> i was persistent i know that but yeah. uh, we're 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 looking forward to it um so 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 let's go back. Actually, uh, it's it's kind of wild that uh, this is actually the week that uh, we've got you on because uh, this is going to be the the two year anniversary coming up this Sunday, and uh, uh, January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Your life forever changed, and uh, so so we want to kind of you know dive into that. Uh, um, you know, the, the people yeah. that listen to this show, you know, we're, we're all ice fishermen. We've all driven, uh, in, in an ATV across, across the lake, you know, some of us hundreds of times, you know, there's people that right. listen to the show that have been across the lake thousands of times. And, uh, right. you know, it, it could have happened to any of us, but it happened to you that day. And, uh, uh we want to maybe, you know, learn from it and, and, uh, you know, I, I know you got a wild story to tell, so we want to hear it. But uh, but before the accident, uh, let's start off. Uh, how did that day start off for you? Well, um, to complete the story, I have to uh, start with, uh, for, first of all, I want to shout out to Corey Brandt um, for putting putting this, kind of getting this thing kick-started for me. He's Absolutely. Definitely. Wonderful, wonderful friend of mine. Um, been a head coach of the football team here for years, and uh coach both of my my son-in-laws in football and and the way these young men in the community will come back and uh 
tell us what an impact he made on their life is just amazing to me. So I just want to reach out to Corey Brandt. Yeah, definitely. No, yep. He's, he's yep, the real sure. deal. Yeah. Um, so, so the day started out. Um, so before this, really, really, uh, when my brother got killed, I have to start there because it, it makes sense on who I was with. Um, when he got killed and Jim Walswinkle, uh, the guy I was with, was a pillar by my side. Um, he uh, took me under his wing. I was starting to work at Town & Country then, and Jim was in the setup department at that time, and, and uh, we set up plant corn planters out in his shed. And uh, Jim and Helene were um, outstanding for me and helping me come along through through getting through my brother's death. But... So then a number of years later, um, he was living in Des Moines, and his oldest son went down with an uh, airplane accident and died um, and, and passed away. So, so we got back together again, okay? So this was going to – we decided then that, that we were going to go ice fishing together once a year and just kind of, you know – just be there for each other and, and work, you know, just talk about things in the past and that sort of thing. But, um, so this was the second year that we had done this. Okay. Um, so we, uh, I went to their house, uh, over, they got a little house up by the lake there, right, right off Triboji beach. And, uh, the year before Jim had a little shanty out there that we could sit in, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, we didn't, we were catching some perch, but not very big ones. You know, we wanted to get into something bigger. So the next year we went, um, we took his RTV and we thought, well, we're going to go out, out on Triboji and then go down kind of, uh, I forget what that bay is called down there, but where that island kind of uh, connects down in there. Um, and, yeah, we went out there. A couple of Jim's boys were there and some of their friends. And, and yeah, had a great day fishing, caught a lot of nice perch. Um things were going things went great you know having a good time but Jim always knew that I was a little skittish on ice anyway and I didn't like being out there in the dark he knew that um so yeah we quit a little bit early the perch were still biting and and packed her up and headed back um and as we were uh coming back um I uh he stopped and he said this looks like the right path up up here right and i said yeah it looks good you know and we went up took a left turn probably we were probably 20 yards shorter um we took a turn 20 yards shorter or so before we did on the way out and um yeah the next thing we knew is, is we were crashing through the ice and uh i'd hit my head up on the railing and so i was a little bit dazed and when i kind of come out of it i saw jim leaving the rtv and water was gushing in um so not totally realizing completely what was going on other than uh i felt like the uh, rtv was sinking okay and we're probably in 20 feet of water roughly um not realizing that this uh rtv was sinking vertically um the little the little uh ice shack that we had uh, hooked behind was the only thing on the ice and he had like a a wooden box on the back and that was above the ice yet but i felt like as i was trying struggling to get the door open and i could not get my door open because it was two different latches and could not get it open and by the time i got it open i felt like i had settled all the way down um, I knew I, I knew I wasn't moving anymore but I thought I was on the bottom so I, I uh, finally 
broke the top of the door, got that busted open. And uh, you know how when you're when you're deep in the water and you want to get to the surface, you kick yourself off of it, right? Yep. And um, so I did that, and that's when the real scares began. Um, I kicked myself off of it, and it immediately came up under the ice and i thought wow you know how how did i you know you so many things run through your mind then and and i remember looking around and all i saw was darkness and uh yeah that's something i hope nobody ever gets to experience because um <clears throat> it was a darkness of you couldn't see any direction i didn't know what direction i came from um and i in my you know your body's moving and your mind's thinking and i'm thinking okay all i got left is to swim maybe maybe i'll find a hole i can stick my hand up through you know um i was under the ice and i i I had no no idea what direction i was going to be swimming so and i and guys i don't swim (laughs) um but i had my coverall on and my big boots on and i i for whatever reason that day um i had my eskimo cap on and i had it buckled under my chin usually when i get in these vehicles like this i throw all my stuff off because i'm kind of a hot box and i i had my gloves on velcroed on and that's what I was in the water with, which which I think probably held helped me hold some heat in a little bit. Now hold um, hold on one second, James. I I just yep, got a yes. couple questions. So like, yes, sir. When 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 you're actually crashing through to the time that you actually get out of this ATV, um, I mean, are, are we thinking? I mean, was this a? I, and and I know you hit your head. You you know you're a little disorientated. But I mean, are you thinking that this is? five seconds are you thinking that it's 30 seconds like how how much time passed there um i would uh i would probably tell you i was trapped in there for a minute a minute a minute, a minute. Okay. Wow. wow before i got to the surface okay so i mean is um, it is it i mean did you in, in that minute i mean obviously you know it's like riding a bull i imagine you know it, it only yeah. took eight seconds but it felt like eight minutes i, I mean is I mean, do you right. realize, like, holy moly, this is happening, or, or I mean, is it just your your brain's in autopilot and 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 surviving's the only thing that's going through your mind? Well, I I do. Um, I will tell you that um, when I busted that latch and came out under the ice, I I do remember thinking, okay, God, this is it. Yeah. All right. I, I do I do remember those feelings greatly, and I still do. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think, I think your, your greater being takes over and you, you, you know, like I said, I had, I had one, one thing on my mind and that was to swim and I had, you know, there was nothing else. And, and yeah, being as I was right up by the ice already, I, uh, I started swimming or trying to get along as best I could. And I, I ran right into the side of that rtv that was hanging vertically from the surface wow okay okay so i um remember uh, coming to the surface and i was on the other side of the rtv of course than jim was and all i could hear was voices over there and they were trying to get jim wolfswinkel out um and they they uh did end up getting him out not realizing that there was a second person there 
um, and Jim was able to tell them he got out and you know I think they figured like three minutes or so they had him out um, but by the time they realized that there was a second person um, you know it was probably another two minutes or so um, you know, and these are just or so minutes because, you know, you don't really know that I'm, I'm really gathering a lot of this information from four of the many people that were out there right, um, right, yeah. rescuing us. But um, I come up on the other side of the uh, RTV there and, and I remember grabbing a hold of the, the side of the ice trying to pull myself up and you'd go down and you'd come back up and you'd go down, you know, and, and, and I couldn't, there was nothing to hang on to. Well, then I remember uh, looking over and seeing that hitch hang there from that that he had jim had on his rtv that hitch was there it was kind of a triangle type hitch and i hooked my right arm elbow around that um if i didn't do that i don't think i could have stayed above water for much longer um but when them guys uh, realized that there was another person you know um they, they, yeah, then the, the communication started, which I was starting to, um, to be honest with you guys, uh, you know, uh, before and during kind of while they were realizing it was that I was out there yet, I was, uh, I was preparing, I honestly was preparing to leave. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to make it. My, my breathing was becoming compressed you know, and, and I couldn't talk, right. I couldn't communicate hardly at all. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, <clears throat> it was a moment that, that, you know, was closest to, uh, as I ever want to be without going, you know, um, so, so yeah, once these guys figured out I was out there, then they, uh, yeah, started trying to communicate with me, and I and I, I think I you know maybe answered a little bit best I could, um, and pretty soon this I, I see these guys trying to uh, if you looked at that picture I sent you today that way far back one the furthest back Brent Stock I think he was the one that was throwing me the the rope, and you know it was landing so far away if you watch it the, on the video there the first three toss I was like. Never That's right. Here. There's a video, video of that. Yep. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 There's a YouTube video on Triboji Beach Rescue. Yep. Um, but that strap landed so far away from me the first three times. It was, you know, I I gave up. You know, and I quit. I quit looking. You know, and I I uh, I thought, yeah, I watched some drowning ice things before. You know, and you know, one thing they talked about was keep your legs moving you know try to keep keep circulation going so thought my legs were moving and i reached down to feel my leg and i was i wasn't moving i thought it was um so then were all signs that that i was going to shut down pretty soon if i didn't get out um but then uh Brent got the second one to land pretty close and i thought boy that was you know um but i'm still kind of dis i'm still you know, just not with it, yeah. you, you know, hardly at all. And, and, uh, the fifth toss, I think it was landed, the, the strap landed right in front of me and I didn't do anything. I just sat there. I just hung there, you know, I just didn't do anything. And then I'm not sure which one it was, but I think it was Rob, Rob Heipel. Um, 
I think it was him. He was uh, he was the gentleman second from the back on that picture that uh, uh, had. A, he was a firefighter. And he had hard water rescue training. Um, and he, I remember, you know, I could hear him hollering at me if, if the strap was by you there, and he kind of coached me through what to do with it because I was in no shape to put it around my shoulders and put it under my armpits because I was going to go down if I did that. So he just uh, told me to wrap it around my arm and hang on. And so I did that, and they started pulling me, and I let go. Um, but that trip, I'm going to tell you, um, that trip across that water to those guys was forever um you know got part way and i think one of the guys if you watch the video one of the guys slipped and fell and they kind of lost me for a second and i went underneath again um and uh they hollered don't stop don't stop you know so then yeah they kept pulling and they got me up on the ice uh finally and and um yeah then the mad rush became to uh you know, to try to make sure that they were starting to rip my clothes off, you know, one layer at a time. And so the crazy things that you sit and remember, um, when I was sitting there on my backside, you could say, and, and uh, one of the guys was trying to yank my gloves off. And I, I think it was Brent, but I'm not sure, um, trying to yank my gloves off and I have them Velcro strapped tight, you know, and uh, he could not get them off. And he was yanking and jerking and I knew they were Velcroed, but I couldn't tell him. Right. I couldn't yeah. talk. I was just, my, my I was compressed, so you know, yeah. and completely full of water. Um, un unbelievably, I never got any water in my lungs, but I did swallow, you know, I don't remember what they said exactly, but it was somewhere close to a gallon of water that I had in my stomach. Wow. Um, yeah, so, so they got, you know, I puked a bunch of that out and um, they pulled all my top clothes off and and my unstrap my cap you know and everything and glasses and all that my glasses and everything stayed on don't ask me how that's but crazy I think they were under that under that eskimo cap it was pretty tight yeah. so everything stayed on um but yeah then uh another thing i can remember was uh uh those guys uh when they pulled my last t-shirt off because i'm kind of a layers guy i'm not anymore by the way because i got a float suit now but <laughs> i always had a lot of layers on and they pulled that last t-shirt off and i remember the warm air warm was air. coming yeah. over my body yeah. you know, yeah. the warm air was cold out, right, right but it was warm. Yeah. i mean yep yep you know so so yeah um and eight minutes backup, eight minutes is what they they figure you were in there that's what they yeah that's coming from kind of from those guys and the dnr and stuff that they figured i was in there i figure you um, know probably they called 911 right off the bat and, and then you know i'm sure right. uh somebody you know uh, somewhere along the line knew about what time it was that, that you got out and you yeah. know with, with with as many people around and with as readily available as what cell phones are i'm sure they could get it pretty well figured out but i mean you know yep. you, you think about eight seconds in in cold water eight minutes holy moly man yeah yeah but you know I, the thing uh, i was thinking about actually i got a call from rob today rob hypo um he called me because i was text texting i we stayed in touch with these guys um but he was he was uh texting me and uh you know he he um i actually got a call from him today so it was pretty ironic that we're gonna do this tonight but um, I don't want to leave this out, um, but I, I, I will tell you that 
when I was um, hanging there on that on that hitch, um, I kind of go past this, and then I want to go back to it because I feel convicted to do that. Um, but when hanging on that hitch, uh, uh, my whole life went past my eyes and then left my mind. Okay, um, I was I was completely calm and relaxed, and I was ready to go. I think that's something that. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's just a big part of this, and I think it's, you know, this whole thing has been a life-changing experience, um, both physically, spiritually, everything. Um, but then the, the once they got me out and stuff, got my clothes off, then uh, um, Jamie Curley on that photo, um, he was the one that crawled in the back of an RTV and uh took his big coat off and wrapped it around me and you know our human nature is going to be going to be to say boy i'm glad we were there for you guys you know get you out but he didn't say that all he said was god's got you oh yeah that's all he said and i you know i i those things i just can't get out of my mind you know i mean this was a big guy but he had took his coat off for me um but you know it, they called the uh you know, nine one one. But boy, by the time they got there, they already had us both out. Um, you know, and I don't know if if the guy had to wait that long. You know, uh, wait any longer. I guess I should say. You know, um, I think it could have been quite different. I I I, I I doubt you had another thirty seconds to be. Well, no. I mean, I, I'm I'm no doctor, but <laughs> I mean, well, did they, did you, they say no like, matter how much your brain wants it, your body just well, can't. Right, and what they right. say, like your core body temperature was like down to ninety degrees by the time you got to the hospital. They, yeah, I think if I remember correctly, the uh, the ER doctor told me it was like ninety one point four or something like that. Wow. And he said, you know, one of the other things was he said you. Uh, remember everything and i said i do you know um but i was uh, yeah shivering so badly about bouncing off the er table you know <laughs> yeah you know and then uh, but they did a wonderful job there they very very well prepared had a slow drip of warm fluid going into your body you know and and uh they they heat blanketed you and myself and and uh, it took about 20 minutes 20 30 minutes i suppose um, before I started settling down um, in the ER there. Um, but yeah, then it was uh, reflection time, you know, so, so, uh, but after, after all that, you know, the, the next day, um, I did wind up going home that night. Did uh, you really? Wow, they Holy said, moly. Went, yeah, yeah, my daughter and my, one of my son-in-laws, um, came and got me um from spirit lake and and um my wife wasn't home obviously she thought i was joking with her <laughs> <laughs> she thought me and jim were sitting in a restaurant having a waitress call let's say we fell in you know and and uh, that was uh one of the emts in the ambulance that was trying to call her um but anyway they they came to get me and and then the next day uh next yeah, I think it was Friday or Saturday. This happened on a Thursday, but Friday or Saturday, then one of those four gentlemen reached out to me and uh, wanted to meet us, meet up with us for just to see us and, and somewhere. And so we decided to meet in a place in Sheldon there. That's what's on that picture. But um, that's where I got to meet these guys. And uh, I tell you what, 
you know, <laughs> I think about them every day, and we, we communicate often, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it's just how everything was in perfect place at the right time and everything, you know, I, I, I just, I marvel at that, I really do, and it, it's it's just, it's just crazy, you know, how everything was laid out, you know, they had the strap, they had the training, they, they had the, they had patience, they had calm, you know, and it was just, it was phenomenal, really. Um, but Rob uh, did make clear today, too, when he talked to me, he said it wasn't just four of us, he said, remember that, he said there was a whole bunch of people out there, He's, you know, so I, I respect him for saying that, because, yeah, there was, there was many people there that I never got to meet, um, that were all part of this uh, rescue process, so my thank you goes out to anybody that's listening that was there that night. Wow, yeah, that is wild. Now, now your uh, your friend that was in the ATV with you did did he actually get submerged in the water, or, or was he hanging in the ATV that never actually his side didn't go in, or? Well, no, his, his the thing went in head first, and uh, he uh, you know he, he was pretty quick with his door, and he he was I saw him going out with his you know I saw his boots leaving the thing when the water was gushing in, and I couldn't get out. You know, because I could, I could, we had stuff stacked between us, you know how it is. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. And, yep. and uh, you know, and he didn't leave me there intentionally. He just, no, he, he just, he's... he, it was, it was both of us. Yeah, you, you know, both got to find yep. our way at that moment, you know. But Jim, I think, you know, I think he was under, but, but, you know, he, he was able to, uh, to, uh, uh, you know, get the strap to him pretty fairly quickly you know i mean they them guys you know and again i didn't see that part of it you know um but but uh he was he was out in three minutes or so i think they said now now like you're talking about you guys are driving along and all of a sudden it just like was it like a like one of those where it's like a slow gradual kind of like all of a sudden it's like whoa man like we're going down or was it just like an instant just boom down it was it was instant boom yeah just like a, um, like you crashed into something on the ice and just kind of yeah, threw you like around you ran into something right you know? the first thing was we just ran into an ice shack you know or something you know but but uh rob uh when i was talking to him today he reminded me that that uh they had fished there for a, a day or so before day or two maybe i'm not sure um but there was geese there right oh wow keeping that water open and the geese had moved further south but there was just a thin sheet of ice over that you know your your one night freeze over type of deal and yeah when we drove out we were plenty close to those guys so we didn't realize it was there um but then when we came back you know we kind of thought well they're fishing there let's just turn here you know and uh yeah yeah so there's there's uh two things that i i uh still to this day i, I cannot stand the sound of and one is geese honking in the sky and <laughs> one is one is bubbling water <laughs> yeah right you know i yeah. just uh I, yeah you, you just kind of yeah i go right back to it but but yeah there was uh quite a recovery process um probably mentally more than anything mentally and spiritually but you know um i knew on monday um I knew that I wasn't going to get through it by myself, so I got lined up with a trauma counselor, um, and she was she was amazing. I mean, uh, she, boy, she she said two things to me. She said one, to beat fear. She said one, you got to trust God. 
And number two, she said, look fear in the eyes and go right at it. So that basically what she was saying is get back out there. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> the story continues well after, you know, because I, uh, I was going home from Orange City that day, that very same day when she told me the next time somebody asked you to go out, you go. And I get a call from my son-in-law, one of them, and he said, hey, he said, uh, a couple of us want to go up to, uh, up north fishing. He said, you know, do you mind if we use our equipment? your equipment of course and and i i was just kind of you know like my shack and stuff and i was like wow you know this is really going fast here you know but i asked him i said you might you know mind if i tag along and yeah he was delighted to hear that of course but so i went out uh with those guys i mean i sent them out ahead and i took my time and did my meditating and all that stuff and walked out there and we're, we're fished we're ice fishing for a while and all of a sudden, my son-in-law, my son-in-law Brandon, that was sitting with me in the shack, he said to me, he said, I think I just saw a four-wheeler go through the ice over there. Shut up. I, I thought, you got to be kidding me, you know. So, <laughs> I, but yeah, it, it went through part way, but the guy just jumped off, you know, so it was there was no life-threatening deals going on. But it was... Uh, it was like man 10 days of the 10 days and i see it live it once and see it twice you know um but but yeah i uh i uh have been back out you know um you know that uh, through the counseling and that sort of thing and and uh this community rock valley um customers i have from rock rabbits from orange city from everywhere around i can't i can't express enough gratitude for the care and love that came through with that all i mean i had i had customers coming in <laughs> my office door to hear the story to you know embrace and to uh pray with me and you know it was quite a life-changing event there but i did go back out fishing with jim yet that fall that winter yet with me and his boys and a couple of their friends or whatever and uh uh so we got to spend some time and oh yeah his brother eugene was there um too and um yeah so we got we got to go back out and uh i went several times again that same year um very close to where we went through even believe it or not i i uh one time we came in from the park side and i didn't even realize i was with a buddy of mine and i was like whoa i said i think we went in right over there yeah. and uh yeah, sure enough, it was, and and uh, I did tell my wife that year. I said, Sherry, I said I am not ever going to go alone again. Right. Yep. But last year, I went alone by myself two more times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, there. There's I can't be thankful enough for 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 everybody that uh, was part of the rescue and recovery afterwards i bet i bet you didn't have to uh try to convince uh, your wife too hard to get a float suit no she actually uh she actually told me i was going to get one yeah <laughs> just let you she, know because uh, yeah that happened on thursday and tuesday i got a call to go back and get my stuff that they retrieved out of the bottom of the lake there and uh, wow. um I went back and got it, went to Cables, um, I give them a shout out as well, Susan, I think her name is Susan, um, at Cables Bait Shop there, the, one of the owners, um, I walked in there and she told me something that 
I just I cried um, because uh, she embraced me. She knew she knew me and Jim by name anyway because we're there a lot. But um, she said when she heard that they heard that go on, they stopped everything at the bait shop and prayed for us. And I was like, wow, you know, this is something. Well, then I made up my mind even before that that I was going to buy my float suit there, so I did. And I start, she helped me fit fit me and everything. And she went up behind the parts counter, behind the counter there, and she said to one of her employees, she said, I'm going to ring this one up myself. And I'm going to tell you this, fellas, I didn't pay I didn't pay what you guys paid for your swim float suits. I'm going to tell you that. Okay? Right. That's, so, that's good stuff. That's, they're, good. they're wonderful people there at Cables. They, they just, yeah. That's good. So many things came into part and play, and, and it's just, wow. You know, I'm just humbled and everything. I did, yeah, I don't have a lot of other words to say about it. Yeah, it makes you, it makes you really, like, we, everybody promotes the float suits and stuff like that, but... Right. When you have to go through something like like what you did it it really uh it really like justifies why like everybody should be wearing one when they're out there right 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 you know and and I think you know and I didn't buy them yet but I really didn't think about it but I you know the the other thing I think everybody should have is them ice picks I yep. think yep. just uh, something to hang on to that ice a little while with you know because if if that if that RTV wasn't hanging there the way it was I, I don't know you know if right. I would have been able to stay there you right. know so now now since since this James uh, you you talked to me uh, earlier and and I know you've gone to Western Christian High School and gone to a couple youth groups and and. Uh, I mean, you, you've talked about this quite a bit. Do you, do you feel like that helps you, you know, to, I mean, like you say, look look fear in the face and, and uh, you know, to talk about it? Yep, yep. So, so, so you know, a little bit of my, my passion in life is, is my passion is for young people. Always, it has been for a number of years, um, you know, to see young people become successful. I, I mentor some young men that have, you know, had a, had a you know, say that life wasn't fair to them or or whatever and that was one of the one of the men that i went young men that i went down to frisco to watch play football for sdsu um garrett greenfield down there uh he's one of the offensive linemen but he's one of the young men that i spend time that spend time with after his father and stepfather passed away um but you know so that being said it was it was uh kind of you know it's it's never easy to go talk in front of a big group of people oh, yeah. um but but uh the fr- the first t- chance that i had to do it was i was kind of taken off guard actually um uh rock valley the community school in rock valley here uh nicole roter gives me a call on a monday morning and uh, she said could you uh come down to the office she said i want to talk to you about something so i said yeah i'll run down there you know was on the school board with her and and uh, you know good gal and they uh went in there and she said well she said there was uh, supposed to be a speaker here on wednesday to talk to the kids about life isn't about me or something like that it's about you you know about everybody around you a professional speaker and she said he got he got sick over the weekend and i'm assuming covid you know it was covid year yep. or right after that he was sick he was a sick man but anyway he couldn't come so she said i wondered if you'd share your life story with the kids 
and I thought, oh wow, you know, I got two days to prepare for this, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. So I did, and uh, first with the junior or the, with the middle school kids, and then with the with the high school kids. But you know, the the cool part of it was, you know, is is I told her, I said, I there's three things I'm gonna do. You know, and if I can't do one of those three, all three of these things, I said, then I can't do it. And that is, I'm going to open with scripture. I'm going to talk about what God's done a lot in my life, as well as we're going to close with prayer. I said, if I can't do one of those three, then I'm not going to do it. And uh, she said, it's your story. And uh, from there, it just kind of started, kept leaking, leaking out a little bit more. And uh, I think it was four or five youth groups of church youth groups that I've talked to. I got another one coming up here in uh, Inwood, Inwood Reformed Church, their youth group I'm going to do next week, Wednesday night. Um, but yeah, I don't just talk about, you know, and then of course I did Western, but I don't just talk about the the, the ice, going through the ice, okay? I, sh I share my life from when I was four years old till today. Um, and there's a lot of things in there, a lot of stuff in there that, you know, if I can help one person by speaking to these kids, you know, if I can help one, it's worth it, you know. So does it, does it, does it help me get through looking, you know, it, it definitely, without a doubt, I'm able to uh, release my feelings. I'm able to break down if I need to, um, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it, it for sure does, does help with that. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard that from a lot of people that, you know, deal with something like that, that, you know, some people just kind of box it up and, and set it, set it in the back. And, and, but, uh, I, I think yeah. the best thing to do is, you know, to, to put it out there and, and to talk about it. And, and, and I think that's one way to find out, you know, and I'm sure you did too. Uh, you found out that a whole entire community, you know, a whole entire Northwest Iowa, you know, a lot of people yeah. were, were there to support you, you know, Hey man, you need to talk, right. you know, whatever you need, we've got you. And, and, uh, you right. know, that, that does help living in a community like we live in too. Yeah, that's for yes, sure. That, that is 100% correct. Yes. Yeah. Now, I mean, looking back, uh, I mean, do you, do you, do you recommend, uh, I mean, anything, uh, obviously I don't know that you could have done anything different that day. Uh, you know, you were cruising on an ATV. It just so happened to be that, uh, um, you know, that some geese had, had, had kept that spot open. I mean, you know, do, do you get back out there on an ATV or not? You, you foot traffic only now. Um, I will, um, but I will not, I won't call in a cab. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't blame you, you there. Know, I've, I've ridden out on some pickups already, uh, but I ride on the tailgate. I, I will not get in the cab. Um, you know, just that fear of not getting out, yep. you know, is the biggest thing that I just, I can't get past that. But, um, but, but otherwise, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it was a, it was clearly an accident, you know, Rob even, Rob said today too as well, you know, he said, he said, you guys weren't doing anything wrong. You right. Were oh, right. They were it's sitting on going. a bucket fishing and it happened, nope. you know, I mean, um, you know, so, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, one of the one of those right. deals that you, you you there's you know what could I what could have we done different? 
I don't think there was anything we could have done different, you know, um, because I'm, I'm skittish on ice anyway, you know, yep. even if I can see it's a foot and two feet thick or yep. whatever, oh, yeah. you know, I just always had that little bit of jumpiness about me and, and, you know, so it's not like we were being reckless or anything like that. It was just a, you know, it was, it was, it was supposed to happen. Yep. <laughs> I, th- I, I feel like it's a good lesson to all of us too, that, uh, sometimes it's good to be prepared because you never know when you could be the person doing the rescuing, you know? Yeah, you know, a lot of, for sure. A lot of times, you know, a person doesn't think about throwing an extra long rope into your sled or something like that. Right. And just just having those type of things along where, like, like you can provide and help maybe rescue somebody from a situation like that. Yes, I, yes, I, you know, the, the, when you asked that question earlier, you know, the, the two words come to my mind, and that's be ready. Yep. yep. Always be ready, you know, and that be ready can mean a lot of things you know i mean exactly. it can be ready be, be ready to die you know have your have your life straight because you know you don't know you know and and um yeah fortunately i'm here to tell the story i'm humbled by it very much so um it's not like i said it's not about me but it's about everybody that was there with the stuff we needed you know to to do what they did you know um yeah just yeah be ready you can't over you can't be over safe you know i mean we didn't have any of the supplies with us but you know we got float suits now and we do have uh i carry a strap with me every time i go out but i learned from rob today that i needed to get a uh a rescue toss bag yet so that's another purchase on my list i guess yeah yeah <laughs> so well well, James, uh, we, we truly do appreciate that, uh, that you joined us. Uh, I do apologize <laughs> that, uh, that I did kind of blow your phone up for the last couple of weeks, no. but, uh, um, that, uh, that, that was, that's an incredible story and I'm glad it, glad, I'm glad we recorded it and, uh, you know, people get to listen to this for, for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I sure, uh, sure appreciate you having me on too. It's an, you know, it's, uh, it's scary. It's it's uh, anxious. It's all kinds of things come with it. But at the same time, I'm I'm hope hopefully it can help somebody along the way. Yep. Yep. Now, I know. Uh, I know. At Rock Valley School, you uh, shot it down with prayer. I don't know that we've ever had a prayer on this show, but uh, you want to close down with one? Oh, I'd love to. All right, it's all yours. Lord God, I just come before you to uh, thank you for these men putting me on this podcast, Lord, that I just thank you that you're using them and using me to work through this to to possibly help one person or 10 people or 100 people or whatever is in your will, Lord. And I, I just thank you for all the people that um, came around me through that time, through, around me and Jim. Um, Lord, uh, uh, it's phenomenal how you work. Um, Lord, you know, people all the way to Corey Brandt, Lord, I just thank you so much for people like him and the customers that I've had uh, come through and, and be there for me, Lord. I just, and all the many people around me, my boss, Lord, for standing beside me through it all, Lord, and I, I just want <clears throat> to thank you so much for, for granting me more life, granting Jim more life, Lord, and that, that we would use our life to the fullest um that we would listen to you and you open doors that we would walk through them lord and we just 
thank you again for everything you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 James, uh, we appreciate it. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to share the ice some, together sometime, man. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to maybe meeting you sometime. You bet. Definitely. You bet. Uh, I've got your number. We'll keep in touch. Uh, um, okay. Maybe over at Okaboji sometime. All right, guys. Awesome. All right. well, thank you thank very you, much. Sir. Yep, yep. Thank you for having me, guys. You bet. See ya. Yep, bye. There he goes. That was James Van Veltizen. What an absolutely incredible, yeah. incredible story. Yeah, there's not. I mean, we all have that fear, and we all think about it, but to to hear somebody that's really like like really gone through it like and not just like oh I'll, you know kind of fell through and i was able to get out right away i mean yeah it was very impactful that's for sure yeah and you know not not only just uh falling through the ice and and dealing with that but uh you know to to hear a story where a person i mean i when when i was texting james today i'm like hey man like you were you were uh, right at right at heaven's gate. You oh, know, yeah. you were like he was, you were you were there, man. You you saw it. Quick snuck out the back door. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, uh, um, very incredible. Uh, we truly appreciate uh, James. Um, you know, act, actually telling that story. You know that. You you know, I suppose every time you tell a story, you kind of relive it a little bit. And, oh, definitely uh, do. Um, you know that's. Uh, that's not an easy thing. It's not, and uh, um, whatever. But uh, I'm I'm glad that we've got that. Um, you know, we've we've got it recorded now. Uh, you know that that's one of the really cool things about this podcast is you know, uh, you know, people can do videos and and all different sorts of stuff. But uh, we've got you know James telling that story. You know, from from his perspective now, and and uh, we'll upload it onto. Uh, onto the interwebs and it'll be there for for all time and uh you know his hopefully his grandkids someday come back and listen to the midwest angler podcast and think who the world are these guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on grandpa these are the best guys you could find <laughs> right. but uh either way uh like i said uh, hats off to james um Good news stories this week. Uh, Freedom Brew, Larchwood, Iowa is bringing you the good news stories. Um, if you've never been there, I promise you, uh, it doesn't matter where you're at, it is worth your drive to get over there to Freedom Brew in Larchwood, Iowa. Uh, our friends Austin and Brianna run the place. Uh, they're passionate about coffee. I can 100% assure you that they are not skimping on what they're doing. Uh, all the ingredients are the best that they can possibly find. It doesn't matter price. It doesn't matter whatever they're doing the best. Uh, talk to them a little bit. Uh, you don't have to talk to them a whole heck of a lot to find out how passionate they are about it. And, uh, yeah, swing over there, Larchwood, Iowa. Um, tell them that, tell them that we sent you and, uh, um, you'll be happy you stopped. Yep. No doubt about it. You will be, uh, Good news stories this week. Uh, obviously, we want to go back to uh, the fact that Todd Heitkamp's uh, cancer surgery um, went successful. Um, you know, anytime you're dealing with that C word, um, you know, it gets a little scary. I mean, it gets it a little scary. Does. And uh, um, hopefully, uh, this is just a minor speed bump in uh, the story of Todd Heitkamp. Um, spectacular dude. Uh, runs a great bait shop. Runs a great... Uh, um, uh, what the heck's the event called? 
Ice Institute. I said, why didn't you say so? I don't know. I didn't know it was my cue to come in there. You didn't yeah. give me the cue. Sorry. I was winking. <laughs> I didn't see it. You were winking back. I, I thought mean, I thought you were like, hey. <laughs> hey, <laughs> knock it off. Knock it off. Uh, you know, I there's one thing. I have a swear jar. You have a sexual innuendo jar. <laughs> but, uh, um, whatever. Uh, Todd, Todd's, uh, Todd's successful surgery is one good news story. Uh, obviously, the fact that James Van Veltizen got out of the water and was able to share his story with us is another story. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, the good news story that I want to share is uh, the fact that the Rembrandt boys out there uh, in western Nebraska caught a live goose. Brought it inside, (laughs) brought it inside and let it loose in their dad's shop. Now what's more, what's more awesome than that? Right. There, there isn't anything. And I think they gave it the name Tony. I think, I think we got a snap from Robbie last night that said, here's Tony the goose. And he's just walking around. I wonder if it's like Tony the goose, Sarah goose or something like that. That's where it came from. But, uh, I'm telling you, Robbie, you need to get them boys a YouTube channel. Oh, be action packed. You know, why did we ever have Robbie on the show? I know we, we should have had the Rembrandt boys. boys on there. Yep. So uh, that's our good news stories. Uh, that's our episode 251. Uh, we appreciate uh, every single one of you guys joining in. And uh, if you haven't hit the uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, do whatever it is that you do on the platform that you listen to us on. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you, Mike. That's ten bucks. I was just gonna say we need to get like a money, ten bucks. like a money ching 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 ching. ching. <laughs> that's what we need to do, like Hold a little on. sound effect at the end of every episode that we don't uh, that we don't have to put anything in the swear jar. It's just like it's kind of my feel good story right there. Is that ten dollars from Mike right there? Hold on, so, who who uh, who sings that money? I can't remember who that is, but I know what song you're talking about. <clears throat> Cal, dang it. One of them old... Uh, Pink 70s. Floyd? It might be Pink Floyd. <laughs> oh, yeah. You hear that, there Mike? There it is, Mike. $10. That moldy money coming that, on over to the podcast, boys. Jar. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Mike. That's we're another. closing. <laughs> we're closing two fifty one with a banger. That's, another, that's a that's an episode Hallie doesn't have to wear earmuffs for. <laughs> 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 <laughs>